0: guys welcome to re-engage my name is ryan nixon and it's a joy to be with y'all tonight and uh tonight uh we're gonna have a couple folks come up and share and so we are not having a time of worship through song because we want to kind of allow some more time for this but I know sometimes for me, worship kind of gets the blood flowing, gets like my hands to get up and I'm like, yes, this is good. And so I know that some of y'all are going to be missing that right now. So to kind of help the blood flowing, and since also we graduated or not graduated, we celebrated eight groups, this room is lighter tonight. So what I want y'all to do is kind of stand up like you were during that time of worship and then move forward a little bit. Come on. Make this room feel smaller. And I know some of you are probably thinking, I'm on like row four, should I move up? I mean, you know, let, let's, let's keep moving, moving up. Marcus, yes, there is, room, there is room for you right here on the first row. And it's interesting, even when you ask people to move up, most people stay away from the first row. It's like, that's, that's too close. I'm not going to do that. Guys, in the back, I'll come back there and read your name tags. Come on. Come on. I see you, Mark. I don't even need to read your name tag. Come on. Come closer. Don't worry. Everybody's going to have plenty of time to rush over to open group. There we go. You want me to sing? I would, I will. You can probably give me a Disney song and I'll, I'll kind of kick it off for us, kind of get our hearts moving there. Again, now that we did that, blood's flowing, welcome to reengage engage um, Tonight, so throughout the year, we, tried it, we started this a couple years ago and, and we really liked it, just having some different panels on some different topics uh, to meet people in the midst of different places. And so um, one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight is blended family, all right. And so blended families are families um, who have a child within that family that's from another relationship. And so there, there's 60 different kind of um, ways in which that family can become blended. Uh, there's a lot of different complexities, um, but that, the simplest way to describe it is, is a family to where one child is from another relationship. Uh, one of the things you know, I didn't really think about till about six months ago as I started tracking with some of our blended family leaders here at this church, was that I came from a blended family. Um, so I've got a, a sister, and we have the same mom and, and same dad, and then I have two older brothers uh, that we share a dad together. And as I was reflecting back, I mean, I'm kind of 20 years removed from being at home, but realized that, hey, there were some complexities there within our family that, that were different than others than which I went to school with. And so as you look at um, statistics, as I think about just blended families, that those who are in um, a second marriage, you know, that kind of the success rate or failure rate uh, changes from the first marriage. That kind of the stats say as they're taking polls that 20% of, or 40%-ish of first marriages will end in divorce. And for a second marriage, it jumps to 66%. And then for a third marriage, it jumps to 75%. And so... One of the things we want to talk about is what does it look like for wherever you are in that spectrum of marriage to fight for oneness with Jesus and oneness in marriage and also in family. And so we've got some dear friends who are here with us tonight uh, to talk about what does it look like, what has it looked like for them to work through some of the difficult aspects of where they were um, and then also to move towards a healthier place. And one of the things I know that I'm kind of susceptible for doing is when I come and listen to someone preaching on Saturday or Sunday or sharing a story up here is that I can kind of discredit what's being shared because their story is different than mine. But what I'd encourage you to do is try to find your commonalities that even if you right now are not a blended family, the things that they're going to be talking about tonight, you will be able to find yourself in them. And so I would encourage you to look for where those commonalities and what they're sharing and also what matches up with your story. Um, and then also what are the commonalities for things that led towards, you know, more conflict? And what are some of the things that led towards a healthier marriage and family? And so um, I'm going to pray for us. And then kind of during that time, the Bargases and McGregors, why don't y'all come on up? And so why don't y'all walk on up and I'll be praying for us. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be encouraged tonight. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our hearts, that you would help us understand what it looks like to pursue oneness with you um, as our God and King and, and oneness in marriage, Lord. And so I thank you uh, for the McGregors and the Bargases and, and the story that you've written in their life and in how uh, you're going to use them tonight uh, to encourage us as well. Amen. So let me uh, introduce, we have Kirk and Lori McGregor. And then we have Jeff and Melanie Vargas. and so I've we'll asked them to kind of come up, and, and they're going to share kind of some mini testimonies. And then you know we might have some some Q and A as well. Uh, but thank you guys for being willing to come and share. And I'm going to hang out here with y'all for a little bit also. So, uh, McGregors,
1: why don't you lead us out? You should be on. Oh hey, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to Ryan and to Susan for inviting us in. I know this means a lot to us, and hopefully uh, you'll glean some knowledge. But as Ryan said, definitely take some things, the commonalities of our stories, because they definitely apply across all marriages. Uh, I'm Kirk McGregas, my wife Lori. Lori and I were married February 18th, 2012. At that time, we had two children from prior... I'm sorry, she had two children from a prior, uh, prior marriage, Uh, twins, Sarah Matthew, who had just turned 12, and I had two children myself, Alex and Abby, who turned five and four, respectively. As we prepared for a wedding, I remember being excited at the thought of adding three more people to my family. I was head over heels for Lori, and still am, (laughs) and determined to be a positive role model to my stepchildren. I knew this was going to be an important responsibility. Proverbs 15.22 states, Without counsel, plans fail but with many advisors, they succeed. So, I decided to seek counsel and guidance from godly people by enrolling us in Merge, Watermark's premarital ministry. Though I was optimistic at how well our blending was going, I was not completely naive in thinking that we would be without conflict. Therefore, it seemed wise to create a culture of respect and responsibility by implementing rules and assigning chores. Proverbs 22, 6 states, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. As a husband and parent, I felt I was leading the family well. Little did I know that my pride was governing my actions.
2: I remember going into the marriage, being excited to marry Kirk and welcome Alex and Abby into my family. Sarah seemed very happy because she finally had a sister and also because Alex and Abby idolized her. Even Matthew, who is autistic, was bonding well with Kirk. As time went by, I struggled some, as did my kids, with the sudden change in rules around the house. Romans 12.18 states, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I found myself doing the kids' chores for them in an effort to keep the peace, but I did it in a way that did not honor and respect my husband and the rules he was trying to make. I undermined his authority by not following through with keeping my kids accountable for doing chores, and even more detrimental by doing the chores for them. I did not realize it at the time, but I effectively was choosing my children over my husband. In addition, as the stepparent and bioparent roles differ with regard to discipline, I left Kirk in the lurch, unable to enforce any rules with my kids because that's my job as bioparent, not his this created a lot of conflict between us
1: and we can pull up the, the photos we might have some photos of us just to kind of give some background to our, to our story it's us <laughs> february 12 or 18 2012
2: the twins are on the outside and then the little ones in the middle
1: yes and as you can see they grow up quickly yes uh, and matthew is 6 foot 5 and quite tall <laughs> all right uh, at this point i stated something has to change we had talked about attending Reengage, but were not able to because the, uh, the schedule conflicted with my visitation arrangements. However, I knew that my marriage was way more important than having a difficult conversation with my ex wife, so I swallowed my pride and thanks be to God, she approved the change. Going through Reengage was very beneficial, whether it was forgiving Lori's decision to do chores for Sarah and Matthew identifying and addressing our communication struggles. I tend to be an escalator. She tends to withdraw. Um, Or simply looking one another in the eye and saying, I love you, (laughs) and I'm for our marriage. (laughs) The tools we have gained in addressing our marital and blended family conflict have been invaluable. God used the people in our group to provide support and encouragement when we desperately needed it.
2: Like Kirk, I knew we needed help. Thankfully, we both agreed that the D word was not in our vocabulary, even though every little disagreement turned into a full-blown argument about the same things over and over. Our community group provided some counsel and also suggested we attend ReEngage. Uh, Through our ReEngage leaders studying God's word alongside the ReEngage curriculum, we began to identify our sin patterns, which led us to communicate better and trust each other again. The Holy Spirit convicted us to seek forgiveness from one another. And this, um, Colossians three twelve through 14, this is actually a verse that uh, we had read at our wedding ceremony. Um, so it's very special to us. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Now, when we have conflict, I am able to express myself better and not just withdraw. We also remind each other often that we are on the same team and we are more unified as a result. Kirk and I continue to work on our marriage by attending blended family conferences, shepherding other blended families, and studying God's word through the Smart Step Family series.
1: As you can tell, we are big fans of Reengage. Gage our group leaders were instrumental in providing a safe place to share our challenges each week they would sacrifice their time to provide biblical wisdom an encouraging word and the hope we all have in the gospel we still keep in touch with our re-engage group too in fact we consider them a secondary community group and attend events together please do not think everything's perfect it's by far not perfect However, we still have conflict, but due to our blended family dynamic, it can be more complex and difficult to navigate through at times. However, we've learned that God's love has no boundaries. Through his spirit and his word, we have everything we need to extend grace and forgiveness to one another. If he can send his son to die on a cross for the forgiveness of my sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow, I ought to be able to forgive others of their sins. As we look back, if we knew then what we know now, we would admit we were counseled biblically. Though we chose to get married, we acknowledge that God's best would have had uh, been for us to stay single and maintain a heart for reconciliation with our former spouses. If you find that you're having difficulties in your marriage, divorce is not going to solve them. In fact, it's going to make them a whole lot worse, and a lot more complex. If you leave here remembering only one thing, I pray that it's this. Seek reconciliation with your spouse at all costs. It is with great joy and confidence that I can state the following. Jesus saved our marriage through his people, his word, and spirit through the ministry of Reengage. Thank you for letting us share.
0: Bargers says before y'all go and just kind of give y'all some, thing, some time to think, I, I'd love to ask a question just, Kirk, you talked about uh, pride and self-righteousness kind of being things that you really felt like you brought into the marriage and then kind of an avoidance of conflict and just trying to fake peace. And, and so you mentioned just kind of how the re-engaged group um, kind of helped along those lines. And so after, I kind of want to tee you up, but after the Bargers share, we'd love to come back to hear more about what did that look like practically? Um, for y'all to kind of experience that help, kind of from your reengage group and probably your community group as well. And so we'll circle back to that. So, Vargas. Let's
3: go ahead and throw our family photos up. So that's us um, right when we were first married, and the kids were nine and four. And that was taken in Colorado probably about two years ago. So my name is Jeff and this is my wife, Melanie. We've been married uh, for over 16 years now. Uh, I married the first time right out of college and my ex-wife and I had two kids. Christ was not a part of my first marriage. I was very selfish and within a few years my marriage fell apart and we divorced. One of the stipulations of dating Melanie was that I go to church with her. And little did I know, my life and relationships would be changed forever.
4: So as newlyweds, we had an amazing marriage. We had so much fun together. Our communication was spot on and we got along so well, except for on Wednesday nights and every other weekend, because that's when Jeff's kids would come stay with us and everything would fall apart. So, a little backstory is, I was 40 when we married. It was my first um, marriage, and I didn't have children, and Jeff's kids were little. Madison was nine, and Jonathan was a tiny little four-year- old, and I knew with it we weren 't going to have kids of our own, so this was going to be my only chance at motherhood. so I had to make this whole stepmom thing and making a family. This was my one chance to make it work, so I had to make it right. Um, I was thinking, carpool leader. Room mom, PTA president. I had big plans for how this was all going to turn out. And um, I didn't give a lot of specifics to the role. I didn't have, um, I didn't know anybody that was in a blended family. I didn't have any friends that had grown up in a blended family, or none of my friends were stepmoms. I did have one friend who had a stepmom, and she did not care for her at all, and they never spoke. And I thought, okay, that. That can't happen. That just can't be how my relationship is going to be with these kids. So I had plans put into place so that that wouldn't happen and so that we could just be this perfect family of four, which put a lot of pressure on me, which I, in tune, in time, put on everyone else. But one of the first things I I planned was to pull Jonathan out of daycare. And so I was going to be a stay-at-home mom and take care of him. Well, I didn't really discuss that with anyone. And I didn't think about all the things that would be involved there, like what the financial ramifications would be if I quit my job. I didn't think about asking his mother what she thought about that. I didn't discuss it with Jeff. These were all plans that I had, and I thought being a stay-at-home mom would be the best one. So I wasn't really operating as a family. Um... I didn't take him out, by the way. That plan got nixed right away. Um, One of the other things I did was I started fixing Madison's hair differently. So every morning she had to get up a little bit earlier and I curled it and I did these really big bows. They were so cute. I got them all new clothes, um, completely dressed them differently than they'd ever dressed before. Jonathan wondered why all of his clothes had letters on them because I had everything monogrammed and they were not used to that. Um, So I planned family game night. We had pizza night where we'd move all the couches together and have pizza and candy and watch movies. We had excursions to the park. We had a craft day, we had new traditions, we had so much stuff. And really it was exhausting trying to keep up with everything that I would put together for us, everything that I expected us to do and who I expected us to be. But do you know what the worst part was? Is all of my changes were met with resistance. And the more I tried to force this bonding relationship on the kids, the more they pushed back. And no one wanted to participate in my fun. Madison hated her bows, no one made a craft, not one craft, and Jeff was not on board, Um, he didn't support me, and I just, the kids were kind of confused, they didn't really know what to do, and I just felt like this huge failure. I was a mom failure, I was a family failure, and it just, it was not a success.
3: And I was just trying to keep up. (laughs) She planned so many things, it was exhausting. Uh, the kids and I wanted to just relax, and Melanie wanted to play board games, like she said, and put on shows. What the heck is that? And her, frust- <laughs> her frustrations and disappointments with the kids and me annoyed me. I just wanted to relax. I wanted her to relax, but uh, fighting with her about relaxing wasn't helping
4: Well, and it never really dawned on me that everyone just kind of wanted to hang out and that this would kind of come together naturally. And I just, I can't figure out why we didn't talk about it. That is so bizarre to me because we talk about everything now and it just would have made things so much easier if we would have talked about it. So I knew that I did need to talk to someone who had been in my shoes Um, In Proverbs, uh, Kirk mentioned this, but it it says, plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So I sought out a blended couple here at Watermark, and they were so helpful. They spoke so much truth into me. They suggested I stop trying so hard. They encouraged me to talk to Jeff instead of moving full on with all of my plans, they reminded me that i was not the only person involved in this family and they encouraged me to change my expectations and to slow down in my efforts to blend our family
3: so entering into my second marriage i had certain expectations of my own Uh, i discovered mel's parenting style was that of more structure and discipline Everything is organized and planned. Um, This is in great contrast to my ex-wife's permissive parenting style and that the children were used to. I expected to simply manage the two households so that everyone got along the best that we possibly could. What I thought was helping keep the peace was actually causing conflict. Uh, The oneness that I was supposed to be experiencing with my new wife would often turn into arguments about what was best for the children. For selfish reasons, I would sometimes compromise what I knew was the right thing to do for the sake of keeping peace between the two households. The Bible says in Philippians, To do nothing out of selfish conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. After I allowed God's uh, word to speak uh, into the way I treated Melanie, and raise the children, I began to get bolder in my interactions with my children's mom. Second Timothy one seven says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Where I once compromised my values for the sake of avoiding an argument, I began to speak with truth and wisdom. In doing so, and to my surprise, my ex-wife would often see the logic in my words. What I What I expected to be a new source of conflict between each house actually started along a path of uh, unified front in raising the children. And instead of being uh, the source of conflict between the houses, I became a unifying voice. I started trying to see things from Melanie's perspective and to honor her feelings. This opened up communication between us and we were able to talk about what made uh, sense for our family. Frustrations were still present, but I was more patient with and tried to uh, think more of my wife and less of myself.
4: So being a stepmom was really hard for me, which was confusing because I really did and I do love the kids, but it made our marriage really tough when they stayed with us. And it became a lot easier for me when I accepted that I lived in a stepfamily and not a biological family. I wanted us to look. And be a biological family so badly that that's what I tried to present, and that is just not what worked. So I learned to not expect our family to look and to operate like everyone else's. And I didn't lower our expectations, but I changed them. And um, I found that when we refuse to accept our differences, we shut down our ability to learn new ways to do things. And experience has taught me that sometimes things turn out differently than we expect, but joy can be found there too. And I know this because Jesus used a believing couple who offered wise biblical counsel to help us find joy in our marriage and in our blended family. So Jonathan is about to graduate from college. Remember we started all this when he was uh, barely four and Madison's getting married in May And we still spend quite a bit of time together as a family, even though they're grown. And I I get discouraged when I'm not invited to Mom's Weekend at Texas A&M. I mean, I get it in my head, but it still hurts my heart. um, Because I do think of him as my child, and I think of him, I think of me as his mom. And I was, I was crushed when I wasn't asked to go look at wedding dresses with Madison. But again, I get it. That's something that you do with your mom. But I do know now what my role is in their lives. And Jeff has learned how to talk to me very tenderly when I'm disappointed or hurt. And together we are able to manage um, the expectations that we have with the kids and the time that we get to spend with them. So we talk about our expectations a lot. And we learned a strategy in our first community group that's very simple, but it really works for us. We literally ask each other, what are your expectations for this event? And then we identify them and we communicate our expectations so we can work through them together. So before, what would happen is I would come up with my plan, let's say our plans for the weekend and I would have everything planned out and I would would have the house all ready, and everything arranged that we were gonna do and then that's not what would happen. And then I would get mad at Jeff because he couldn't make it happen. He couldn't make the kids do what I had planned. And now that we're able to talk about it, it just goes so much smoother.
3: So now we seek to understand one another's desires and expectations, talk through our plans and move forward as a team in a marriage, and as a family. This practice of processing our expectations starts with identifying the expectation, then moves to communicating them, and so we can process everything together before the Lord. The practice can be used just about in any situation, and we encourage you to give it a try. A lack of healthy communication can be a source of continual conflict in any relationship, but with the help of God's Word, God's Spirit, and God's people, healthy communication can help you move forward to a place of oneness. And thanks for letting us share.
0: Thanks, guys. Vargas um, says thank you for sharing. I'm going to throw a question first to y'all. You talked about community helping you through that kind of communication kind of breakdown for y'all. And so what, what did that look like for a group of people to come alongside y'all and kind of help you pinpoint maybe what y'all weren't seeing and, and help y'all understand how to move to a healthier spot? So kind of y'all talked about communication for y'all and that Um, You weren't communicating, weren't talking about expectations. And so sometimes I think it's just difficult practically to kind of figure out, like, if if I'm in your group and I see that, you know, how do I best help you? And so how did did y'all's friends, your community group, help y'all through that?
4: One of the things that we do is if we reach an impasse and I think that one thing should happen with the kids, this is really more when they were home I mean, they're grown now. Um, And Jeff would think of another thing. Um, Then we would say, well, let's just take it before community, and they'll get the vote. And, you know, I quickly wanted to call my girls and say, okay, look, this is what's coming. (laughs) But I didn't. And so that was just an agreement between us is that we would get together with our community group because they all had children, and we trusted them, and they could see it from an outsider's perspective. And so we relied on them to help us make those tough decisions.
0: Thanks. Jeff, anything else out of that? What she said. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, why don't you pass it to the McGregors. And you know what's interesting is that um, most time we have a harder time, whether it's individually or as a couple, you know, noticing that something's wrong. You know, it, you always have the hardest time realizing that there's spinach in your teeth. Um, you know, you might not realize that your breath doesn't smell good. And so you need a friend who's going to love you enough not to kind of shame you in that, but just kind of say, hey, here's, here's some gum you know, you got some spinach in your teeth. And so I love that just that. So when we talk about like taking it to community, um, community isn't like a board that votes on kind of which way you're going to go, but they are there to counsel us and share. Here's where I see, you know, people are coming from and here's what we encourage you towards. And so uh, just the importance of having other people in your life that love you enough to accept you right where you are, but also love you enough to speak the truth to you, to help move you to a place where God wants you to be. And so, thanks, guys. And then McGregor's. And so, y'all talked about um, just kind of that uh, pride and self-righteousness and kind of what you were struggling with is coming into um, really reengage and why you're here, and then kind of that peace faking and wanting just to kind of pretend like everything's okay and kind of smooth things out. And so, again, so with, with God's people, like, what did that look like for them to help y'all notice those things and move you to where God wanted you to be?
2: Well, I would say coming in to re we, we were aware that there were... Problems, you know. We we had identified, at least that there was conflict, um, and that I was withdrawing or just trying to keep the peace, if you will. Um, I would say it was kind of twofold between community and reengage, mm-hmm. kind of both venues. Um, I would say that I, I came to with you know reading and studying and everything. I came to the realization that I um, was negatively interpreting a lot of what Kirk would say and do. Um, and thinking that his criticism of what was going on with the kids was a reflection on my parenting. And so I, you know, really thought that because of what he was saying, then I was a bad parent and that wasn't what he was saying at all. He was just saying, these are my expectations. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to step back from that and go, okay, what he's asking for is very realistic and not unreasonable. And to create some unity with, between us and within the family, I should, you know, agree to it and help help the kids understand why that was an important thing, yeah. too. That's
3: good.
1: And as far as pride goes, as you saw, I mean, I was biblically grounded. I was looking at the Bible and saying, hey, this is scripture. This is the way we should go, but... This is contradictory to loving my spouse and trying to understand, and and as Jeff said, seeking to understand her perspective. It was more of my pride of this is how I want it to go. This is how I'm supposed to lead my family and not realizing that that was more pushing everybody away as opposed to unifying them.
2: And I think that piece of him leading the family was hard, and and it still is to some extent. We've been married eight years, but for seven years I was a single parent, and so I took care of everything I paid the bills I all, everything I took care of the kids and so it was a very different shift in roles mm-hmm. to have Kurt come in and it wasn't one that I was um, I didn't think I was opposed to at the time but I think I, I drug my feet I wasn't ready to relinquish control of a lot of things and allow him to lead and it's still a struggle that we have today um, a little strong willed sometimes.
0: Thank you guys. Guys give it up for the McGregors and the Barkerses Come, on down. Um, You know, again, one of the things I mentioned uh, maybe before some of y'all came in is that for every story that's shared up here, uh, there's things that are different, you know, with our stories. And then there's always commonalities that are in them as well. And I mean, I don't know about you, but as I, as I listened to their stories, I was like, you know what? Conflict in our family uh, is caused by self-righteousness and pride. It's caused by peace faking. It's caused by control. It's caused by um, misunderstanding one another or negatively interpreting the other person. And then also uh, just missed expectations. You know, and one of the things that is, um, you know, for blended families, there, there's a guy named Ron Deal, who, who's an excellent just expert on uh, blended families, is he just talks about how within a blended family is there's just different sharks in the waters that they swim in that can cause problems, you know, and so there's just might be some more opportunities for conflict to arise. And I bet in, the, in, in everyone's marriage in this room, each one of us probably have situations from job or job loss or, um, you know, in-laws that you enjoy, in-laws you don't enjoy, whatever it might be that might create more opportunities for conflict to move you away from oneness in marriage. And so, whether you're a blended family um, or uh, you know not, or your story looks different from other people, the path towards healing is always the same It's first resting in the truth of the gospel that you are loved not because of what you've done or what you will do, but because there's a Creator God, who loves you, and he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. and when you rest in that truth that he died for you and rose again from the grave, you begin to surround yourself with other believers. You depend on His Spirit, and you look to His Word to find life and truth, and that you need other people to help you understand how to navigate through life well. And one of the things that that uh, they shared earlier that I just want to hit on is that um, I know that for some people in the room, y'all are here and you're wanting to grow in your marriage, and you're saying we're an eight and we're wanting to get to a nine, um, and praise God for that. And I know some of y'all are. are could be divorced or seeking reconciliation or could be on the brink of divorce. And and Kirk said this earlier, and I just kind of want to reiterate it, is that um, don't think, don't buy the lie uh, that, oh, maybe I have, maybe my Melanie is out there that's kind of, we're going to kind of jive better together. Or maybe my Jeff is out there, whatever it might be. We can always buy that lie that, hey, the grass is going to be greener on the other side of the fence. And one of the things that Kirk mentioned and that I would call you to is that the best thing that you can do is do everything you can to fight for reconciliation. The thing that God wants for you in all relationships is for you to humbly yield to Jesus and for the other person in this marriage you know, journey, this marriage class, uh, for the other person to humbly reconcile to Jesus and then for two people, two new people being transformed people to move forward in a new relationship. That's what God wants for you. And I want you to know, if you are a blended family, if this is not your first marriage and you're in this room, God's not mad at you. God's not disappointed in you. I believe anytime there's brokenness in our lives, he's sad for us, he grieves, like a father would grieve for a child because you're not experiencing, or maybe you're experiencing some of the pain that he didn't want you to experience, but he wants you to thrive in the marriage that you're in. And so whatever marriage you're in right now, or if you're here in your divorce and you're kind of saying, is reconciliation possible? God can do it and he wants that for you. And we would love the opportunity to walk alongside you in that. And so Vargas's, McGregor's, thank you guys so much for sharing. Um, if this is your first time, just want to say welcome to Reengage. Like we are so glad that you are here. In a minute, uh, we've got a couple different directions people will be heading and so I want to go through some announcements on where you might go. If this is your first time, you're going to come down here uh, to my left, your right, and you're going to meet with the Wingfields. And the Wingfields are going to talk about um, this journey of reengage and what it looks like if you continue to take that next step with us. And we really hope that you do. And so again, if this is your first time, please come, come, come down here as people exit. And then if you've been here um, and you're not in a closed group yet, you're going to go to one of our four open group rooms, you go out these doors. Take a right, you'll come to a wall, take another right, you'll go across a sky bridge, and, and then in that corner of that tower building, there's uh, four rooms 208, 210, 211, 212, and then also right down the hall, if Spanish is your native language, you can go room 207. Um, and then we are launching a group tonight. On the next slide, there we go. So, Greg and Sooners and Turner, welcome back. Yes, thank you, Mark. Climbing forum. Um, so you would have received an email that you're in the Turner's group. And so that's stage two, go out these doors, take a right, and then take another right. But as you, after you go through those glass doors, uh, you'll kind of take a left away from the uh, tree fort area, and then there'll be a horseshoe of classes. And then the last place is that um, the, we have five couples who are a part of our blended family leadership team. And so we've been talking about this for a couple weeks. And so if you would like to go, they're going to have a Q&A session and just talk about some of those most commonly asked questions for blended families. Um, or if you have questions, you know we're gonna have time for some live questions as well. And so to find that, um, you'll go out these doors, take a right, take another right, go across the bridge. So you'll kind of keep following those people towards open group, but then you'll head over um, to like a larger room that's right by the elevators, okay? And so we would if, if that would be a blessing to you, we'd love to have you join us over there. If you have any questions, uh, five signs, some, blah, blah, blah. Let's rewind that. If you have any questions, find someone with an orange name tag. We would love to help you. Have a great night pursuing oneness.